0: Welcome to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about grapes. Autumn is the season of the grape. In ancient Rome, murals depicting the four seasons showed four women, and autumn was a woman holding a basket overflowing with bunches of grapes, which symbolized an abundant harvest. I intended to talk about grapes today because my grapes are ripe, and I'm just waiting for a few hard frosts to sweeten them up before I harvest them to make wine. But here is the problem that many encounter when starting out to write about grapes. They very soon turn to the subject of wine, because wine is and always has been the most significant byproduct of grapes. The discovery that grape juice could be fermented into wine was made so long ago that it has been lost in prehistory. Historical records show that humans have been making wine for at least 9,000 years. At least 6,000 years ago, vineyards grew in Mesopotamia. Egyptian hieroglyphics from 5,000 years ago show vineyards and winemaking. And even the biblical Noah was said to have planted a vineyard. By 4,000 years ago, wine was a regularly traded commodity throughout the Mediterranean, with 91 reported varieties of grapes and 50 types of wine. Later, Roman armies helped spread vena culture farther north throughout the Roman Empire. Now, wine is produced all in, on all the continents except Antarctica. Wine was considered a sacred substance, To be inebriated with wine was equated with being possessed by the gods. We most often associate wine with Dionysus, the Greek god of wine, and his Roman counterpart Bacchus. But archaeological evidence from Mesopotamia, several thousand years before Dionysus, shows the existence of a wine goddess, the Lady of the Vine. And long before Dionysus, ancient Greece had Anothea, the Aegean goddess of wine. In Vedic India, a millennial a millennia before the god Shiva raised a cup of wine to his lips, wine was believed to be the embodiment of the goddess Tara herself in liquid form, she who was the savior of beings and the mother of pleasure. Wine was symbolic of the blood of life and it was identified with the menstrual blood of the goddess, which flowed gently without sacrificial killing. Long before Dionysus, people engaged in the goddess's cult of wine-induced ecstasy, wild and exotic. Wine was the goddess's wisdom, drunk from a cup, which gave us the saying, In Vito Veritas, in wine is wisdom. Eventually, male gods began to appear elbowing the goddess away from the drinking cup and claiming wine as an attribute of themselves. But since males do not have the trick of bleeding monthly without injury and must die to bleed, wine, the blood of life, became associated with sacrifice. We find this idea in later mythologies where the spilled blood of the hero god is equated with wine. In Christian practice, for example, the sacrificed blood of the Christ is transmuted into wine and consumed ritually in communion. As a side note, the word symposium literally means to drink together. In classical Greece, a symposium was a communal drinking festival. These festivals were sometimes focused on intellectual topics rather than being of a spiritual nature. And these are where the philosophy of the ancients was said to have been born. Imagine the philosophical underpinnings of the whole Western world arising from the drunken musings of the ancient Greeks. I'd like to end with some lines from a poem by 19th century poet Thomas Moore, which seems especially apt at this autumnal time of year. So life's year begins and closes. Days, though shortening, still can shine. What though youth gave love and roses, Age still leaves us friends and wine. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley.